little bozo sitting on a bus. One joined the Navy, now there's nine of us. Nine little bozo sitting in the draft. One went crazy and the rest all laughed. Eight dumb bozos riding in a van. They can't get there, then no one can. Everyone's a bozo on this bus. Zips and Bean are sitting next to us. Are you a hostage? Are you a spy? Just some berserker who's prepared to die. We left eight stupid bozos sitting in a tub. One got poached and had to leave the club. Seven mellow bozos with their brains all fried. One threw in the towel and the rest all cried. Six frat bozos tied up in a spot One dove out the window but the rest got caught Everyone's a bozo on this bus Sips and Bean are sitting next to us Are you a hostage? Are you a spy? Or just some berserker who's prepared to die? Five red-nosed bozos burning in the sand Things got so hot that one joined the band That left four and there ain't no more The driver got in and closed the door Four angry bozos, no place to hide The bus pulls out and we're on the ride Out that the pole would make it They kicked out the driver and they said Let's take it They can afford to be bozos on a bus They ain't afraid to use the word us One thing sure for the final four They know this bus won't go to war Well everyone's a bozo on this bus Zips and Peter sit next to us Are you a hostage? Are you a spy? Some berserker who's prepared to die This bus Won't go This bus Won't go This bus Won't go to war This bus Won't go to war For oh, sure. Yeah, were you all convinced? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know. I'm going to have to see it again before I decide. Yeah. Well, whatever. The bus is over there if you don't want to go. Oh, you mean the bus that isn't going? Yeah. Oh, really. good. Well, I better not get on then. No, oh, I'm come on. Go. Follow come on. me. Let's go. Well, Peter, I hear you have uh, more news from the great state of Illinois. Yeah, well, Mark Kirk is a representative there, a real goomba, and he is running for Senate, and he's the guy that's been making all these claims about who he is and what he's been doing, and more and more of them turning out to be not true. I was in the Army, but I wasn't. Yeah. I, I taught oh, school, but I didn't. More. Oh, it, oh, it, oh, there's more. Oh, it gets deeper, yeah. Oh, so, gosh. So he was having a debate with the guy that he's running against, and afterwards, he literally ran out of the hotel door rather than answer questions about 
about a host of these recent reports that he repeatedly has exaggerated his experience and credentials. How these guys think they're getting away with it. And he wears elevator shoes, too. Yeah. Go the, right the Peter Cottontail moment happened at the downtown Hyatt Regency, I believe in Chicago, where about a thousand folks were on hand for this annual you know, debate. Mm-hmm. And uh, his, his opponent stopped for a couple of minutes to chat with reporters. He left quickly after speaking, but had a good reason, a fundraiser with Vice President Joe Biden. Okay, lunch was then served. Mr. Kirk arrived after lunch, coming in via a side door. He spoke for about 20 minutes, then walked down from the dais to have his picture taken with some bigwig. As soon as that was done, with a swarm of TV cameras and reporters moving toward the front of the ballroom, Mr. Kirk bolted for a back door. With a media in hot pursuit, he raced through a Hyatt kitchen and into the backseat of a black (laughs) SUV, which instantly (laughs) peeled away. Mr. Kirk, of course, has been under increasing scrutiny for falsely suggesting that he was named the Naval Intelligence Officer of the Year, commanded the Pentagon's war room, came under fire while on active duty, and declared he learned more about the impact of guns while teaching at a British prep school for a year at an upstate New York nursery school. What? What? In addition... (laughs) A Pentagon official has said Mr. Kirk improperly engaged in political activities, media interviews, and tweets while deployed overseas. So he did none of these. He was not the Naval Intelligence Officer of the Year. He didn't command the Pentagon's war room. How could he possibly claim that? He's been what is it, we're watching West Wing? I wonder and, what he said for 20 minutes. And when he was on active duty, yeah. uh, uh, he said he came under fire. He didn't, probably just from his, from his uh, you know, uh, superiors for being such a... a Dick, and he declared that he learned about the impact of guns while teaching at a British prep school for a year at an upstate New York nursery school. Whatever that means, I don't know. That's but, incomprehensible, but we, we, they're all incomprehensible. Anyway, no wonder he was running away, right? Running away? Yeah. Running away from reporters? So he... This is a death wish this guy has. Yeah. What, what is it? What is it about exaggerating your experience? That that anybody would think, you know, public records show how much you made, where your house is, and whether or not you were in the Marines. And, and whether or not long. you ran the war room for the Pentagon. That's like a yes or a no. That's not like, well, you know, I wonder, maybe he did. A lot of people do. They just kind of come and go and yeah, run that yeah, room. They come, yeah. The man, it's low self-esteem, you know, and I hope that he gets low voting numbers, too. Sometimes, Peter, I think we're just circling the drain. Leslie Gelb just did a nice blog for the Daily Beast. Gelb is a a prize winner. I'm not sure. I think it's the Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, that's what he won. He might have won prizes in a lottery and other stuff, but he won the Pulitzer Prize. And he's a former correspondent for the New York Times, had been a senior official in state and defense uh, department uh, activities. He's an expert on U.S. foreign policy and national security. I think he does qualify. I think he's the former president or executive something of the Foreign Relations Committee, which according to some people, along with the Trilateral Commission and the Illuminati and the aliens from Saturn, are really running the place. They don't have any time to sit down and have any kind of like serious, nuanced thoughts about political economy. You know, it's it's the Jews and the Trilateral Commission and it's the Arabs and the people from Saturn. And if we just get rid of them or join them, then everything's going to be okay. Okay. Okay, well, what, what I, I digress and love to do it. Uh, Gelb has some real interesting kind of background on this whole McChrystal thing. You know, a governor, should be governor, excuse me. Let's call him General McChrystal. Uh, blows off his big mouth. We'll talk about the background on that in a little bit. But, you know, he goes rogue. 
and uh, everybody gets all upset. But here's the background on the military and Washington and the Democrats in general from Gelb. He says, here's the real story behind the nasty anti-Obama remarks by General Stanley McChrystal and his staff. In Rolling Stone, he said, the U.S. military officers and enlisted ranks don't like and don't trust Democrats and liberals. The bad feelings are mainly about values, style, and constancy more than policy. The military feel the Democrats come at common problems from a different place and don't stick to agreed plans when the going gets rough. The Rolling Stone article barely mentions policy differences over Afghanistan or anything else and whether or not Mr. Obama fires the U.S. NATO commander, and that may or may not have happened by the time you hear this, there's likely to be a firestorm of criticism about the White House perhaps reaching Tea Party proportions. Also, very much at the forefront of military minds is the president's push to eliminate don't ask, don't tell guidelines regarding gays and lesbians serving in uniform. It's hard to get a fix on what percentage of the military approves of or is willing to go along with gays serving openly in the armed forces, but there is, at the very least, a strong minority fanatically opposed to the repeal of the policy. And this latter group appreciates that Republicans never would have promoted this idea. This issue is encased in an even greater tension between the military and the Democrats over religion. A large percentage of the military considers itself strongly Christian and feels that Republicans are more accepting of the faith than Democrats are. Well, yeah, that never used to be much of an issue in the military, but now, for example, the Air Force Academy, which is in Colorado Springs, where focus on the family and all the other homophobes live, uh, there's been... There's been real religious hazing and bigotry problems there that they've had to deal with, which never came up before. You know, there used to be hazing problems where they made people eat the wrong stuff and they killed a couple of people because they hazed them too heavily. But it was never religious. It was just bad boy fun. All right. All of this distrust of the Democrats, problems over religion, problems over gay. All this contributes to a broader us-versus-them conflict over values. Stylistic tensions only make everything else worse.